I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Episode 35, Operation Cinderharp. Chapter 15 of The Mandalorian presented us with one of the best scenes of the series to date. A tense conversation between ex-Imperial soldier Mayfeld, played excellently by comedian Bill Burr, and an Imperial officer named Valen Hess, who was played by Richard Brake, who is well known for portraying the Night King in the Game of Thrones series. Mayfeld references an operation he was involved in to Hess called Operation Cinder. Recounting this fateful operation to Hess infuriated Mayfeld to no end. Hess saw it as a great victory for the Empire, while Mayfeld saw it as the complete opposite. But what was Operation Cinder? To myself and many viewers of the show, this operation did not ring a bell or have any significance to us. That's due to the fact that this was something mentioned only in comic books, novels, and video games up to this point. Most notably, this was referenced in the comic series Shattered Empire, which was a four-issue run that recounted the days and months immediately following the fall of the Emperor in Return of the Jedi, as well as in the Battlefront 2 video game, which recounted this operation from the Imperial point of view. Essentially, Operation Cinder was a contingency plan set up by Emperor Palpatine upon his death. This operation would cause havoc on many planets and mass destruction, even to those loyal to the Emperor and the Empire, and many of these planets had large masses of Imperial troops. His thought was that if he were to die, then the Empire should die as well. Palpatine had made a comparison to a strategy game in the Star Wars universe called Shah Tez where in this game if the most powerful piece is taken or captured the game is over and the other pieces have failed. We can make a similar analogy to chess in our world. If the king is checkmated the other pieces are inherently worthless because they failed to defend appropriately. But why would he do this? While it was true that he wanted to purge out most of the existing empire he did make arrangements for some of the most trusted loyalists to remain and rebuild the Empire in the farthest reaches of space, outside the reach of any new government or entity that had taken over the core worlds. So it wasn't that he wanted the Empire to end, he wanted it to be reborn.
We see this come to fruition in the Episode 9 film, The Rise of Skywalker, which takes place roughly 30 to 40 years after the end of the original trilogy. Where the Emperor is still somehow alive, but barely, and he's growing stronger, and he's amassed a huge fleet and a huge group of sycophants on the distant planet of Exegol. The Emperor's plan was also meant to create havoc and chaos in the galaxy in an attempt to destabilize the new government that has taken over. It was hoped that the uproar caused by this operation would disillusion sympathizers to this new government. Basically to say, hmm, maybe the Empire wasn't so bad, look at what's happening now, this is worse. To quote Valen Hess as he said to Mayfeld in The Mandalorian during that fateful encounter, he said, quote, Everybody thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. And when they realize that, they're going to welcome us back with open arms. The Operation Cinder plan itself was very interesting. In this plan, the Empire would place satellites within the orbit of certain planets to emit, quote, climate disruption rays. These rays would create electrical storms and intense weather with the goal of destroying the population and creating chaos. This plan was enacted on several planets, including Palpatine's homeworld of Naboo and on the planet Burnin Khan where Mayfeld was stationed. If you play the Battlefront 2 video game, you see, you see very clearly how this happened, and it's terrifying. In our world, there are many conspiracy theories about disruption and catastrophic manipulation of the weather. The most notable example of this is called HAARP, H-A-A-R-P, which is an acronym for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. It's a mouthful. The HARP facility is located in a remote region of Alaska, far from the purview of the average American, and not a lot is clear about what is actually done at this facility. Even the information that is put out is so wordy and filled with scientific jargon that it's difficult to truly understand what they are all about. Lucky for us, there are many great internet resources that dive into HARP and can break down what HARP truly does and what people think HARP does. Let's start with the mainstream narrative about HARP and then we'll dive into the conspiracy side. Per the official HARP website, HARP, quote, is a scientific endeavor aimed at studying the properties and behavior of ionosphere. The ionosphere stretches roughly 50 to 400 miles above Earth's surface, right at the edge of space. Along with the neutral upper atmosphere, the ionosphere forms the boundary between Earth's lower atmosphere, where we live and breathe, and the vacuum of space." End quote. HARP uses a high-frequency transmitter to study the ionosphere. The ionosphere has the ability to affect radio signals and radio waves, and the ionosphere itself is somewhat unpredictable, as it can be affected by different levels of radiation and it does have the possibility to affect the weather on Earth, so it merits researching. Now, I'm not here to give a science lesson, 
So let's get into the real conspiracy behind this operation. While Harp states that their activities are passive and only for research, many have suspected that there are nefarious activities going on there, or at least have been in the past. The main theory is that Harp can shoot an electromagnetic beam into the ionosphere, or even into the ground itself, and affect the weather in destructive ways. This beam in question can be traced back to physicist Nikola Tesla in the early 1900s, when he had discussed an invention he was working on that the press dubbed a death ray. He stated that the device could shoot down a plane from miles away by shooting energy beams. You know, not unlike the Death Star in Star Wars. He had approached governments about the usefulness of this tool, but it was all still hypothetical at this point. And then he wound up dead suspiciously, and all his paperwork and research was in the hands of the U.S. government. Years later, in the 50s and 60s, the government created what was called Project Seesaw, in which they seemed to use some of Tesla's ideas, including a directed energy beam for unknown purposes. This project was allegedly scrapped, but you never truly know if a government project is truly finished or if it ends up restarting under a new name. Years after Project Seesaw in the 1980s, HARP was created in a remote area of Alaska, a venture between the government, contractors, and a scientist named Bernard Eastland, who had similar ideas to Tesla and had been working in atomic research and defense initiatives prior to his involvement with HARP. Interestingly enough, just like Tesla, Eastland also wound up dead, of unknown causes. Seriously, go look this up. Go look up Bernard Eastland cause of death. That's spelled E-A-S-T-L-U-N-D. If you look up Bernard Eastland cause of death, you're hard pressed to find any information about what really happened to him. So after Eastland's death, Harp continued on, and that's when conspiracies really started to flow about its involvement in world events. Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez even blamed Harp for the 2010 Haiti earthquake that killed many and caused mass destruction. Others blamed Harp for tsunamis in Asia, tornadoes in the US, and other natural disasters throughout the world. The US military ended up shutting down the Harp facility in 2014. However, the facility reopened again in 2018, now as part of the University of Alaska Fairbanks College. And the rumors still fly regarding its usage and involvement by the military regarding weather manipulation. Shoot, for all we know, Harp was behind the California wildfires that are always going on, and even the mass farming devastation in Iowa early in 2020 that could have been caused by a directed energy weapon type attack. As many of the videos and images seen showed damage and destruction unlike anything caused by a natural storm. You know, funny enough, I think about the computer game I used to play as a kid called SimCity. Many know it as its newer iteration, The Sims, where you have a house, you know, you create a family, you do this and that. But the original game was called SimCity. And for those who aren't familiar, the idea with this is you create a city from scratch. You build houses, businesses, utilities, and you're basically the mayor of this town and you run everything. But interestingly enough, there's a strange tab you can click on called disasters. 
when you look at this tab, you can literally inflict any number of natural disasters upon your town, just for the fun of it. Fires, floods, earthquakes, you name it. Hmm, it makes me wonder. Do you think this was just a funny thing to add in a game? Or was it a tongue-in-cheek way of softly disclosing what the government is able to truly do to us? Just something to think about. May the force be with you.